watching on Facebook last night the Leslie West obituary I did on the air, and I didn't like the way I looked. My hair looked shitty, and, and I decided that the camera's too close to my face. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to the guys, you know, I'm in my basement, and I'm in a very narrow part of my basement. Yeah. The walls are literally, to my right, I've got about two feet, and to my left, I've got about two feet. And the camera is, like, right on top of me. Like, it's right here. I can touch it. And uh, I said, <laughs> Well, how there... can they get it any further away? Yeah. Hey, guys, on Robin's Zoom, can you remove that little box over her face so I can see her? I have to look her over. She likes when well, I look Well, maybe you should put a box in front of you. (laughs) 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 Can you guys give me the same box Robin has over her face? Yeah, you've got like this big white box over you with like a lot of Microsoft type print. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, like an S pattern. No, like a a message of some kind that I can't read. It's gone now. Now I can see you. I can look you over. Nice top. Okay. <laughs> so jealous. Well, you want it? I'll send it to you. <laughs> send it to me. I know. I Ralph sent me a whole bunch of clothes from New York City so that I could wear something different on uh-huh. the air every day because I've kind of run through everything I got out here on Long Island. And, right. Uh, that look. I said to, to my wife, "Come on," and you know, she's good with fashion. I said, take, "Take a look at my stuff." And she 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 looked at it. and She goes. Every one of your jackets is the same. Because <laughs> why would who, why would you look? You just pull any jacket; it's the same jacket. Yeah. She goes, everything's black, and everything's like the same. <laughs> I go, yeah, but well, you know, come on, don't piss on my parade. Help what me happens out is here. <laughs> I'm not getting any haircuts, so my hair, you know, like is big and it's long, and you know, and then you. Put the camera up close to this face. It's like, hey, <laughs> like in the middle of the Leslie West tribute. I'm like, we're playing clips of Leslie West, and Leslie looks better than me, and Leslie's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're like, well, wait, you're next, dude. Uh... You know, I look like I was half dead. And uh, so we, you know, we're working on pulling the camera back. I think we're going to set it up in Connecticut by Gary's house and then <laughs> shoot me from there. <laughs> Oh, my God. What a mess I am. Ooh, so gross. I'm so gross. Stop being so hard on yourself. You were were created by the person who created every human. Yeah. Have you seen the two who created me? (laughs) Take a good look at those two. I didn't stand a chance. Oh, stop it. Oh, man. It's a miracle I'm as, actually as good-looking as I am. <laughs> I should be given some credit. Like, I've done a lot with, like, You've done really a lot bad with genetics. what you were given, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like if Frankenstein had a kid, and the kid looked at least a little human, like, with no bolts in his neck, you'd say, huh, well done. <laughs> oh, he's cute. He, for Frankenstein's son, he's not bad. Ugh. Like, I'm probably the best-case scenario of those two of people. Of all those genes mixing? Yeah. I can't imagine my parents, like, fucked and go, it's a good idea for us to have a baby. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like it's like some people really should take a hard look at themselves. <laughs> like, what do you oh, think is going to come no. out of that genetic mess? 
Oh, no. People like, have just a heart. have that baby anyway. You no know. thought goes into it. Yeah, have a little bit of heart when you're making a baby. <laughs> Think about what the outcome could possibly be. Take a good look at yourself. But, you know, then you've got to realize that sometimes these weird pairings make a beautiful baby. I know. Because, like, sometimes you'll see supermodels and then they'll, like, you know, you'll see their parents on some show and stuff. And you, they go, ooh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> like, whoa, is she going to turn into that? And then sometimes two of the best no! looking people in the world will get together and they make a mess. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can't really, help. I'm like kind of the George Clooney of my family. <laughs> like, you go through my family tree, I'm kind of like the hottest thing they've ever produced. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. You know, oh my goodness. pretty awesome. Like, you know what I have? You know what? I've just readjusted my whole attitude. I'm about as hot as you can get. Who my parents now are. we're talking. <laughs> Get some positivity going. Ben, I want to have a baby. <laughs> okay, that's good. Let's go make babies. Look at us. Look at us. We're going to have a beautiful baby. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have this. Can't even move the camera close in. Oh, my God. I'm doing the Leslie West tribute, <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I guess what happened is I had showered. Usually I try to shower the night before because I yes. can poof up my hair and it dries out. But that morning I had showered in the morning and I had a lot of gel in my hair and stuff. And I thought my hair had decent height. Oh, uh, it did not. The height that did not come yeah. out. It was like uh, if a, you made a bunt cake and it flattened out. <laughs> Didn't rise. My hair was like um, you're trying to make bagels, but it turned into matzah. Like it was unleavened. <laughs> My hair was unleavened. <laughs> it's just horrible. And like and, and then it has like this weird curl and it's flat. And I felt bad for Leslie because you know I'm sure you Leslie thought kind you of, were distracting people from Leslie's Oh yeah. Beautiful obituary? Yeah, like you know, usually during an obituary you get sad and people cry. No one was crying during this. People were too <laughs> distracted. They're like, Oh my god, what happened to Howard? You I didn't even know what you were talking about. Yeah. No! Oh, it was horrible. I want to apologize to Leslie's widow. I, <laughs> because people would normally cry during an obituary. It was really good. You know, we put in clips and, yeah. uh, you know, we found the film clips and everything. And You uh, thought there was no feeling in the obituary because of your face? Yeah, I think there was a lot of feeling, but the feeling got blocked. By my face. <laughs> a lot of people having trouble concentrating on what I was saying. I am sorry. I mean, I cried during the Leslie West obituary because <laughs> I was looking at the video of me. So I guess it had that, that effect. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I look pretty bad. It's a shame. Like I told you, my New Year's resolution yesterday, it, you know, it's to try to at least not walk all hunched over. Uh -huh. Try to look like a man. You know, well, that first day you up. were sitting up very straight. Did that work? You know, it works for like a minute and then I get exhausted. <laughs> like sitting up, standing straight and sitting straight is really exhausting on my <laughs> back muscles. My back muscles have like kind of morphed into jelly. Yeah, you're, you're trying to stretch them out. Yeah. I'm trying to train them to like feel awkward when they're hunched over. But I feel awkward when I'm sitting up straight. Like right now is mm. a lot of effort. I just do this. I'm so much happier. 
when I do when I do this up straight, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, why like bother? a building collapsing. Yeah. Ugh, such a mess. Beth is getting more beautiful with age. And it's like I'm trying to keep up so like I, you know, we look like a people who belong together, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Cuz when we met, we looked kind of uh, stunning together, you know. My with my me with my rock star hair and my <laughs> outfits and I was nice and thin, I was running, working out. So you could kind of buy it that she was into me. But now when you see her, you're like, "What the fuck is she doing?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I do not. Yeah. She swears she's so happy with me. She loves being with me. She thinks I'm yeah. very entertaining and a lot of fun. And uh, she says, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if she'd say it was a lot of fun. I think she would say, I just think you're fun. I, I don't know what she thinks. I don't want to <laughs> Now you're confused. Yeah. I don't know what she thinks, but she says she's having a great time. Like, we both decided we would rather just be in the house for the rest of our lives and never come out, even after COVID-19 is over. Oh, my God. You know, we both enjoy it so much because because friends of ours go, Howard is like they'll say to Beth privately, they'll, you know, zoom her and stuff. They're like, is Howard not letting you out of the house? Is that? And she's like, no, there's this impression amongst people who know us personally that I'm somehow locking her up in the house. First of all, well, we're in everyone quarantine. thinks Beth is more fun and outgoing than you. Yeah. And she's not. <laughs> you know what i mean like she'll she'll rally and be fun with people but um you know i don't even pretend to be fun she pretends to be fun <laughs> well she's got a good act <laughs> yeah like I'm if people by. are drinking or you know whatever like she'll get into it with them i'm just like fuck this i'm not drinking <laughs> and uh yeah so but she's she's happy in quarantine. And by the way, we're in quarantine. I mean, we have friends Where are you who supposed say to be going. Yeah, yeah. We have friends who say they're quarantining, and I swear to you, they're out every single day, doing weird shit, getting together with other people, and then they're shocked when they get COVID nineteen. They're like, I don't know how I got it. I've been in quarantine. I go, No, you haven't. Yeah, they've not been in quarantine. One no. of my friends, he was in an Uber, and the guy sneezed. Right. And he got it. He was sitting in the front seat. First of all, you're not even supposed to sit in the front seat if you're sitting in the front seat. Yeah, with the Uber driver. Oh my god! (laughs) I mean, he's like looking for it. Yeah. Well, he found it. Uh, The guy sneezed, and I guess he coughed and he sneezed, and so he got it. And the guy sitting in the middle. There must have been three guys in the back, three people in the back, and the person in the middle. Of the two seats. Got it. Yeah. I never sit in the middle. <laughs> Don't sit in the middle. <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, people are so dumb. What? You know, and, you know, that whole situation in Georgia where they had to elect two senators. If the Republicans want to know why they lost Georgia, it, you know, because Georgia was always pretty much a, a Republican state, you know. These Republicans have gotten so weird where it seems like they want to have like like a Hitler, like a they want to have a, a, a win, even if it means the end of our democracy. Yes, yeah, so something scary. about this uh, means power to them. 
Yeah, like, but they'll be very powerful and nobody will be able to defy them. And they like that idea. Yeah, who wants to live in America where we don't have free elections? I mean, uh, these people who are going to rally in Washington, D.C. and carry on and they're still back in Trump. Why would you want a guy who wants to win by by pressuring somebody to change the vote? I mean, don't you love they America? Think they'll, he'll have them be in charge of something like he's going to give them something. I was never a Democrat. I've voted for tons of Republicans, but I really don't think I could ever, ever vomit up a vote for a Republican again. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, what they're carrying on and with like not approving Biden's a win with the Electoral College, not all not, this uh, congratulating him, yeah, not I mean, acknowledging it. Why are you guys so anxious to give up America and 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 you want Trump to be your new Fuhrer? Like to, to be the supreme commander and, and we will do away with the vote. Um, you know, He's I love actually the- asking, could you sort of just drum up a few votes for me? Yeah. I mean, of course you lost. He wants Georgia. to steal the election. You never should. You should never win an election again. Any American, any serviceman, any anybody would just say. It's the end of our country with these guys. The well, whole if concept- they understood what democracy was and they weren't thinking that. Somehow they're losing something all of a sudden. Yeah, I find it frightening. It's like those people who cheat at chess. Yeah. They I'm want the, the win no matter how they get it. Yeah, I always thought that was weird when I would play chess online. And there would be guys, like, they have a big C next to their name because it mean, meant they were using computers. And I'm like, dude, you, we're, we're playing chess to get better. You want to win on online? The fuck is wrong with you? Do I don't know. Hey, I was thinking I, this morning. I woke up and just randomly was thinking about our whole conversation about Marianne from Gilligan's Island uh-huh. dying. The woman who played Marianne from Gilligan's Island. That was the she got eclipsed on our show by Leslie West, but uh, she died. She died too. Marianne from Gilligan's Island, and I was th- obsessing on the fact that. Because I, I, I never knew this until we did the show the other day, that the way Marianne from Gilligan's Island ended up on the island, stranded, the best years of her life, stuck on an island with, like, Gilligan and the skipper and Professor, Mrs. Howell, this gorgeous girl, is because she won a radio contest. <laughs> and I was obsessing on that. You know, it serves radio right. Because as a guy who spent his life in radio, and most of his life on, you know, what they call regular radio, terrestrial radio, not satellite. It really, it really was a, a tremendous indictment of radio that Marianne from Gilligan's Island became stranded because she won the three-hour tour. And look at the three-hour tour. It was run by a fucking skipper who had no clue and hired a baboon for a second mate, you know, or what are you, first mate. Gilligan was a fuck-up. Like, he didn't even know what he was doing. And so she, and stupid, let me tell you something. If you ever win a contest on radio, don't, don't, don't go on the cruise. Don't, it's always Don't pick up the prize. Don't collect the prize. I mean, I've told the story before. When I was a little boy, my mother, we were home during the afternoon, and my mother, my father was at work, and my mother got a call from WOR, Julius LaRosa show. Julius LaRosa was a singer, a 
and somehow he had a show on WOR radio. And my mom was part of a radio contest. The guy kept asking her questions and she got all nervous. But long story short, her consolation prize, she got, uh, the guy told us we won an STP motor oil treatment and a windbreaker from STP. <laughs> That's what we what won. What a prize. And like, we would have won something even better. If she knew something. the answers to the questions. Yeah. But she totally choked. She got all nervous. I don't know the answer. <laughs> she never gave the guy the answer. And then my father came home and was furious with her. Why don't you just make up an answer? Say something. No, don't, don't say you don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what to say. He kept badgering me for an answer. <laughs> you say something. Say tree. Say, say bush. Say, say oxygen. Say something. Give an answer. You could be right. I didn't know the answer. I know you didn't know the answer. <laughs> but you make up a, an answer. This was an argument in your house? Why? Oh, my. I remember my father being furious that my mother <laughs> wouldn't give Julius LaRosa an answer. Oh, my goodness. It was it was like World War Three broke out because he came home from work and he was all ragged out. His commute was two and a half hours to Roosevelt, Long Island. I told you. He did everything but take an airplane and a cruise ship to work. <laughs> he, he would drive the car. He'd start the car, drive it to Queens. Queens, he would get on the subway. After the subway, then he'd walk. It was like it was like the Jews trying to get to Israel <laughs> and escape the Pharaoh. I mean, the guy, I mean, his, his commute, I did it with him, you know, once a year. He'd take me to yeah. work, and it was miserable. <laughs> so by the time this guy did the commute in the morning, went to work all day and had aggravation with his partner. Evidently, he was always aggravated. His partners <laughs> were aggravating. And then he'd come home <clears throat> another hour and a half or two hours <clears throat> to get to a palace. We're the only white family in an all-black neighborhood, and he's traveling three hours to get there. <laughs> Hardly seems <laughs> worth it. <laughs> wow, my palace. Yeah, I can't leave the house because I'm getting the shit beaten out of me. Unbelievable. That's what he's traveling for. But anyway, uh, I remember he came home and he was so ragged out. And over dinner, my mother starts telling him Julia story. Who called? Who called? The Julius LaRosa. What? And to my father, this was like the greatest thing ever. Right, yes. What? What happened? And then I would go, well, she tried to shut up. <laughs> Don't your mother tell me. He hated me. Hated me. Jesus Christ. He hated, he despised me. Oh, stop it. Like I would try to, I'd go, yeah, she called, shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. You don't know what happened. Just sit quietly. I, I, let me go over to the corner and die, okay? <laughs> so you can be, you can eat your dinner in peace. Sorry, and I don't I'm know sorry why they I made caught me your attention. <laughs> I don't know why they made me sit there with them while they ate. I don't know why. I mean, we, we didn't have dinner together. I ate dinner at four o'clock. But you sit at the school. table. Yeah, my father would come. My mother would go. Let's sit at the table with your father. I go. Why don't you sit with him? <laughs> he doesn't apparently want me there. We should sit together as a family. Well, if this is a family, how do I get out of it? <laughs> this is not my idea of family. I, the Waltons are my idea. Good night, John boy. 
my family. Good night, shithead. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to be there. But anyway, I sat there. And then if I tried to participate, I'm an idiot. But when he heard that, like, she went through the whole story. She asked me a question. Sat there. And then if I tried to participate, I'm an idiot. But when he heard that, like, she went through the whole story. She asked me a question. God knows what the question was. It's some stupid trivia question, you know, probably about yeah. race cars or something. He asked me about the... What did he ask you? I don't know. I couldn't pay attention. You don't know what <laughs> he asked you? No. I think he asked her, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what an incredible evening. Oh, it was so bad. And then he would eat and he'd be screaming while he was eating his like veal cutlets. Uh-huh. Some poor little like, what is a veal? Like a lamb or something like a pig? Yeah, I don't know something like that. You know, some animal. Wait a minute. No, is veal cow? I don't even a know. Calf, a baby cow. Yeah. What if some baby cow is being consumed so he can shit it out later that night. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, a fried baby cow. It's consuming it, yelling. It's fl- The food's flying all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it was just a disaster. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I, with, with some of my self-esteem intact, you know, so that I can function. It's yeah, a miracle. How did you protect that little bit that they left how, you? I don't know. I had an. I have. What do they call that? A spirit, indomitable spirit, or something? An what indomitable do they call spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Indomitable. <laughs> I had one of those. Indomitable. I had like a spirit that kept me going somehow. I mean, thank God for it because any other person would just end up at a mental institution. <laughs> Mister Stern, it's time for your medication. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's what I should have been. The miracle, and 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 even in college, I tried to blow my brains out with LSD. I, I took four way hit by myself late at night. I tried, I tried to erase everything. I couldn't. Somehow, I kept going on. I mean, I'm living in a neighborhood with people who hate me, and then Dad gets home and he hates me. I mean, no place was safe. Nowhere. Like, usually, Where do you go? You know, if you got a bad environment, you can run home. Mm, and be no. safe for a while not you no I, I remember my stomach hurting when i had to get dressed for school because i knew there were going to be several beatings and fights and chokings and, and even when i got my lunch that there was this guy ronald who was going to come over and grab my salad or grab my food right off my plate <laughs> i knew it was going to be bad or there was going to be some sort of shakedown or there was going to be a war between malvern and roosevelt it was going to be something horrible at school but then when I knew when, when I got home to my sanctuary, uh, <laughs> dad will be coming home soon to yell and scream, <laughs> you know, to, to, to carry on. Every day was like war, warfare. That's why I don't want to leave my house. My house is my sanctuary now. I'm here. With right. That, yeah. You know, oh, uh, all this bad stuff is outside now. Bad, bad stuff happens as soon as you leave the door. <laughs> I mean, the door to your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the door to the outside. Oh. My psychiatrist wants to know why I don't want to leave my room. And you want to know why I don't stay at home. My house was my nightmare. <laughs> right. So I well, want to be out. Well, you know, but anyway, my point is that Marianne from Gilligan's Island 
as soon as she won on the, because the storyline, I didn't know this. The storyline was she was listening to the radio and she won the three hour tour that ended up stranded. And of course she won it on the radio. And, and I mean, as someone who worked in radio, I mean, I remember when we, you know, my first experience with this, my mother won the consolation prize of the STP oil treatment, which turned out to be, listen to this, a can of STP oil. Yes. And this shitty windbreaker, the STP oil was, was obviously an intern had sent this to us. And that's radio too. They get the cheapest labor. So obviously somebody who worked for free, um, took the jacket, the windbreaker and wrapped the can of STP oil with the windbreaker and the, with the, the oil, the, when the thing showed up at our house, it was a package. It was soaking from oil. The oil had been damaged. The can had been damaged and the windbreaker was completely covered in oil. My mother threw out wow. the whole thing. Yeah. Such a great PR move. Did she ever call Julius LaRosa and tell him? I'm going to call her. First of all, <laughs> we didn't want STP oil treatment and we certainly didn't want an STP windbreaker. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, who was going to wear that windbreaker? Yeah. And, and, and my father yelled and screamed for weeks. And look at what we we didn't even want the stupid thing when it came. <laughs> Maybe he wanted the actual prize, not the consolation prize. I don't think the actual prize was much better. Like maybe it was like <laughs> months worth of this oil. I don't know what it was. <laughs> An oil treatment. And what a horrible, you know, STP oil comes off looking bad. The radio station comes off looking bad. But radio promotions in general, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that some genius writer like Sherwood Schwartz, who wrote Gilligan's Island, said, I know what I'll do. These people will end up on an island with their lives wrecked because of radio, because <laughs> of a shitty radio promotion. And because the radio station could have won a radio promotion. Because I'll tell you what happened. When Marianne from Gilligan's Island won the, the radio promotion, I know what was going on at the radio station. They were like, hey, we can't get any sponsors. They they finally convinced some guys who give away three hour tours to like the to, to like islands, and they and and th this company they hired hired the skipper and Gilligan <laughs> to be the two idiots who take out this boat and they barely know what they're doing. And I can imagine that the boat was in great shape. Right. It was oh, a wreck, please. probably was, too. Yeah. Piece of shit boat. <laughs> you, and you no one was supposed to make it back. Yeah. Skip, some skipper with a big giant belly, you know, like, dude, work out. You're a skipper of a boat. Gilligan, who was just a, he had a, I mean, he was an imbecile. He was a complete imbecile. Yeah, no but business the skipper didn't know that much either. No. It, well, they were like the Three Stooges, <laughs> you know, where Mo was the bright one, but Mo was a moron. <laughs> you know, so, so, so the, you know, it was such an indictment of radio. I didn't realize. Yeah, but it's that's true. What they I mean, were saying sort of uh, tongue in cheek. Look what gets what you get when you get a radio prize. Yeah, like I remember when we were at K Rock. You know, we were at K Rock, big radio station. I'm pulling in all kind of ratings, right, Robin? We we had a it's miracle New York, of a show, and we've that's got the right. number one show. Yeah, and we're on a run. And I remember we, they, they were doing some kind of giveaway with TiVo. I'm a big TiVo guy. I still love TiVo. But somehow, K Rock was involved with TiVo, and um, somebody won. You know, 
who knows what show. It wasn't even my show, I don't think. But somebody on the radio station gave away a free TiVo. Yes. The latest TiVo. You know, this was years ago. And in typical radio fashion, the guy who won the TiVo, nice guy. He's waiting one month, two months, three months. A year later, the guy doesn't still get his TiVo. And he kept calling the radio station, not badgering anyone, not badgering anyone. He was just like, hey, you know, I won a TiVo. I never got it. I'd love to get it. For some reason, he wanted it. I wouldn't even, I would have been like, I don't even want the fucking thing. You know, I mean, it, you know, it just, but all right, he wanted it. So he kept calling the radio station. And, I, and the way I remember it, I could be wrong, but um, the, the radio station's point of view was like, hey, this is TiVo's obligation that we keep telling them to give the guy the, you know, whatever it was, but it was some, whoever the sponsor was, it wasn't even TiVo. It was some guy who sells TiVo. Yeah. Probably an appliance guy who just hadn't given up the TiVo. Yeah. Right. And somehow, (laughs) you know, the radio station's like, Hey, this guy ought to give it. But for some reason, this guy was not getting his TiVo, the TiVo he won on the radio. Well, the next thing, you know, um, your friend on seven, you know, no, local, seven on your side. That's it. Seven on your side was, was <laughs> what it was called, the feature. The, the local television station, TV, you know. <laughs> the reporter, the investigator is investigating. The, the guy had contacted seven on your side. Next thing you know, camera crews are in the lobby of K-Rock. They're looking for Tom, the general manager. Tom's in his office hiding. He don't want to <laughs> talk to them. And now, it, I mean, talk about terrible public relations, terrible for TiVo, terrible for the radio station terrible for life in general now seven on your side they they gave away a tivo and it never where where is the tivo we couldn't get a response from the general manager or the owner of the station this is a shame this is a these people are being hoodwinked you know it's horrible <laughs> you know what i mean but that's radio. finally it's we so, get some publicity and it's all yeah. bad yeah yeah all bad you know it's finally not me doing something disgusting on the radio that's bringing us negative attention now all Shame. of a sudden it's like all hell is Shame. breaking loose <laughs> and this is radio that's why radio is like a fourth-rate medium always was that's why I went into it. I knew I could conquer it in a week. <laughs> uh, I've got limited abilities, but there's no one that good on it. I might as well go on the radio. But it was typical radio to, to you know, TiVo. Meanwhile, when you analyze the whole thing, the whole TiVo piece of equipment was about 300 bucks. We could have just gone out, bought a TiVo, and given it to the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then chase After the sponsor After a while, when you see it. it's not coming... And this guy's yeah. continuing to call. Wouldn't you say, just give a TiVo to the guy? Yeah. But this is a Are warning we- to everyone. If you win something on the radio, ignore it. Don't take it. It can only bring you bad luck. <laughs> Don't even bother to try to win. What are you calling in to win for? Yeah. That's why when I got on the radio, and Robin, you know this, I said to Robin, we give away anything. I'm giving away cash. Let people buy what they want. Yes. Yeah. Here. Here's 500 bucks. Go have a good day. That's right. Yeah. You can't fuck up cash. Cash is king. I know that. Whoever invented Gilligan's Island must have really had it in for radio because it's a brilliant thing. Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island was stranded on the island because of a radio contest. I mean, that's... And did you know... Hey, you know, here's another fact. On Gilligan's Island, 
the boat that they got stranded on was the SS Minnow. Minnow was the name of the FCC chairman, Newton Minnow. Oh, you're kidding. He had called TV a vast wasteland, so it was like sort of an inside job. But, but the whole thing comes together now. This is all diabolical. Yes. yes. Those brilliant guys put these little Easter eggs in there. Yep. Easter eggs. That's right, Robin. Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, Gary. You know, we did a promotion at K-Rock where it was to win a trip to the Final Four, you know, NCAA basketball in Indianapolis. <laughs> And they sent me already a disaster. And, is, is there when you when you fly to the NCAA uh, finals? Is there an island somewhere in between where you get <laughs> well, crashed? It's it's funny that you say that because uh, no. part of the thing was I was supposed to have brunch with the winners. So I get up <laughs> on Saturday morning and I go with the right. winners. And so you start talking. You're like, hey, how how's how was how was the trip? And they go, uh, it took nine hours to get here. And I go, nine hours to get to Indianapolis. And it turns out that uh, Atlanta is a hub for Delta. So they had to fly from New York to Atlanta. Indianapolis, we're like, see, the worst trip. You see, they could have gotten stranded on an island. I mean, that plane That's could right. have crashed. Unbelievable. That's what I mean. Anyway, Ginger, uh, Marianne, the Howells, Professor, all stranded because of radio. I'm sure of it. <laughs> and and think about it. Who wants a three-hour tour? A three-hour tour of what? Yeah, where were they that they were touring for three hours? I can't think of a worse hell than being trapped on a boat for three hours. I mean, and it wasn't it, a big boat. Only no. it could only fit those what six or seven passengers. No, no, please! It was the shittiest boat ever. It was like a little <laughs> tiny tugboat. It was, it was just it was hard. You saw it on the on the, the, yeah. the show. It was so bad that when they got in a storm, it, it wrecked the whole boat. <laughs> <laughs> it was not built for for, for storms. It's so great. But anyway, I woke up obsessed with this. I really did. Well, it makes sense now. It, I never even thought of it that deeply. Well, think about it, too. Like, you saw that boat. Like, you, at the beginning, you know, you just uh, ride up and you'll see a tail. tail blah, 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 blah. And they showed the boat. The boat yeah. didn't even look like it provided food or drinks. Like Definitely like, not. And it's so radio. I'm sure when, when Marianne won the the radio promotion she was like this will be nice like maybe i'll bring some friends i'm sure there'll be lunch i'll, I'll have drinks she gets on as this broken down skipper this shitty boat and gilligan in that fucking crew neck sweater with like the boat shoes <laughs> who looks like a, a hobo <laughs> i mean and you're like well, well, is I there any food about the the trip that gary just described to indianapolis yeah yeah. You know, I'm sure these people thought, oh, the wow. radio station is sending us <laughs> to the final four. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then they wind think, up. <laughs> you got you to gotta go into radio to know how badly it's, <laughs> it's staffed and how poorly run it is. You know what I mean? It's just a, a nightmare. Yeah, Can you imagine? Yeah, hey, we're, we're going. And, and maybe these people listening were even wealthy people who could well afford to take it. But they're like, you know what? Hey, the radio station is going to send us. Yeah, Let's go with their, Let's go with their people. Seats. It's going to be luxurious. You're on a you're on a plane for 17 hours. You could have gone to fucking China. You could have driven. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a nightmare. The, the time you can get there. We should do an update of Gilligan's Island, except they win tickets to the NCAA finals and uh, <laughs> and they get lost on the plane plane ride. Radio contest. Oh God.
and such shit they give away. Horrible. Well, uh, you know, the, the ultimate was the tissue box from NBC. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is a tissue box? Yeah, yeah. Is and that then something I realized. Put, <laughs> it's something you put tissues in. You're like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, are we really giving that shit away? And it's going to have the NBC logo splashed yeah. all over it. How? What a great addition to your home. That won't look tacky in your house. <laughs> It'll fit right in. Why don't you just plaster NBC all over you? Everything. <laughs> Because it's such a cool radio station. When people yeah, see you listen to WNBC, get yourself it's going to change your life. Wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. Well, I told you every time we go, what's your favorite radio station? You've won a tissue box. And I go, WNBC. <laughs> yeah, like, really? <laughs> we, just, we just sent you our junk to put in your house <laughs> with a big logo on it. And, you know, the least cool radio station, at least like if you were wearing like, you know, a WNEWFM t-shirt, it was a rock station. Right. Or WPLJ, you know, it, WNBC. <laughs> I like when Imus gave away posters of himself. And I'm like, what's uh, cool about that? Where are you hanging that? Where he was sexy and looking through the blinds of his house or something. And he's looking at it. And a sexy girl's trying to get a peek at him. Remember that poster? Yeah. And, yes, and I'm I like, do. who's like, I would love to do a book on just who hung that in their house and where. <laughs> like pictures. <laughs> like, where do you? Where do you put a sexy picture of Imus with a with like the background is Venetian blinds and then right behind his right shoulder there's a a young pretty girl like tr- desperately trying to look through the blinds to look at Imus <laughs> like she can't even deal with it like she wants to see Imus and his sexiness yeah yeah she's got to get a peek what a horrible poster who even the- conceived that I remember when I got the job and I show up the first day and uh, I met with the general manager and I'm sitting in the office and <laughs> he goes, here, I want you to have something. I was like, oh, nice. He's giving me a gift. You know, he's excited. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me, he gave me one of I miss posters uh, and I looked at it and I was like, well, what's this? He goes, oh, oh, I miss is selling this poster and, um, the first, I think, hundred people will get it autographed, and there's like a lithograph of it, whatever that is. I don't even know. Yeah, what it a was limited is. edition. Limited edition. <laughs> it was like me. It was like ten thousand of them laying around the radio station. Limited, and like it was on the air like, again. Another radio bullshit thing. I miss limited edition poster. I was like, oh, okay. And then meanwhile, I mean, I mean, this is what he's giving me as a as a welcoming gift. <laughs> So I unravel it and I'm like, I'm, and I'm staring at it. I, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, it was my first day there and I wanted to fit in, but I'm staring at it going, what if I really, like, I know I'm going to throw this out as soon as I get back to my office, <laughs> but like, what would I do with this? Like, yeah, what do they I'm expect a, you to do with it? And it was, I miss being sexy, like, like James Bond or something. Yeah. yeah he was like James. in a tuxedo or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was dressed up. Yeah. And then. The Venetian blinds. I don't know where he was. That a, like a supermodel was behind him, but but all you could see was her eye and her nose as she was peering desperately through the Venetian blinds to get a good look at this handsome man. Right. This incredibly sexy Iman. <laughs> and I'm like, well, on what level does this work? No one's buying that he's sexy. No one's <laughs> buying that this. I mean, I, I was just like, this is the most. Mis- this is like a. This is like when Trump walks around telling you he's a perfect weight. Or Kim Jong Un tells his, you know, people that he's he has superpowers 
and he can um, he, he's a, a basketball player or something, or, or you know, some crazy story. This poster said it all to me. It was like, this is the craziest fucking story I've ever seen. This is wild. This is a wild poster. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Who's who? Ha- who is so afraid of this guy that they can't tell him? It's absurd. <laughs> you know, and the woman clearly is orgasmic over him. Like, like she can't believe she's staring at Iman. That's right. Yeah, she's yeah, gotten this oh opportunity. Yeah. Lucky her. Oh my god! I would have loved to have been on the set when they they shot this thing. It was like uh, <laughs> probably you know, and the Imus is standing there, sexy and. This girl's probably like, well, now what am I doing? You, you're, tr- you're desperately trying to see Imus through the Venetian blinds, you know, and, and he's such a deity that she's even nervous to, to like, she's looking at him, but she has to hide herself because she might offend him. Like, you know what I mean? She's, she's got a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, she's salivate. She's like, oh, I bet he has the biggest cock on the planet. <laughs> like, look at him. She's licking her chops for Imus. <laughs> Uh, oh, what is this? We can share yeah. the poster with you if you want to see it. It's exactly as you oh, described. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll never forget it. You know, this was forty years ago. There oh it is. my god, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Sorry, it was his left shoulder. Yeah, look at him, gorgeous. Uh, and look, it's all signed, Don Iman. Yeah, and look at him. Oh, there's oh, a signed one. That must be worth something. And he's wearing a, <laughs> a like a sports jacket, and the shirt's open. And look at the girl. She's peering through like, oh, if I could only get a look at this hot guy. Oh, my God. Who came up with this concept? I want to do a book on this. <laughs> and I'm a young man, and I'm doing it's, it's a big-time radio job for me. I'm the new afternoon guy. And they hand me that as my welcoming gift. And I'm like, what the fuck? What does this guy think of himself? Who, who really hot chicks are peering at him through the blinds? But that's radio. And radio guys have low self-esteem anyway. Myself and he included. had one of the lowest of self-esteems. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't make a poster like that unless you have low self-esteem. <laughs> you know, and, the, and it's all sexy. Meanwhile, you know the guy, his history was he passed out in a phone booth and peed on himself. and <laughs> You know, and it's like, yeah, girls are... Girls are wild for that. Yeah, it's hard to get to see him when he's lying <laughs> yeah. on a park bench in Central yeah. Park. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Vey. That's cool, though. Whatever. All right, you guys can take that down. Bringing out. back the memories. <laughs> bringing out some bad memories. Uh, Yeah, so... Gilligan's Island. Uh, I was obsessed with that this morning. It's all I could think about when I got out of bed. You know, all the shitty radio stuff. But the Imus poster, they, they, I should have left right then and there. And he handed <laughs> me the Imus poster. The creator of How's Your Donkey Kong. How's your Donkey Kong, baby? No, rest in peace. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, hey Ryan, you're on the air in New York. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good morning. So I hear you're talking about the uh, radio contest here. I had a buddy I worked with. His wife won a radio contest from uh, one of the country stations there, ninety four seven or whatever it is. They win the 
uh, trip to a festival, a music festival in Vegas, and it's the Vegas shooting that happened a few years back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh that's my what God. I mean. Stay home. Beware. That's don't all I'm saying. Don't collect the prize. Yeah, don't just give the prize to somebody you hate. <laughs> music they were okay, festival. Yeah. Yeah, we won a, we won a, a trip to this music festival. Next thing oh, you know, the people are Vegas shooting at you. For the music festival. Yeah, some freak is yeah, standing yeah. up in his hotel room shooting at you. Oh, I should have known it was a radio yeah. contest. Like, thanks for sharing, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> wow, Mike from Illinois, how you doing? Hmm. Guess he's gone. That's all right. Hey now. Yeah. What can I tell you? I think the shooter at the uh, concert was pissed because he won a tissue box from NBC. It changed changed the whole trajectory of his life. You know, do you ever hear of this ship, the Titanic, that went down? Yes. That was the first radio contest. They had just invented radio, (laughs) and they figured out to promote it. They would give away a trip on a boat. Everybody An died. Unsinkable ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've just won two round trip tickets on United 93. It's September 11th. You'll be flying for free. Congratulations and uh, thank you for listening. What's your favorite radio station? WNBC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I am not watching Alex Trebek. And his final days on Jeopardy, I can't handle it. You know, I, like I didn't look last night. I, I, you know, I wanted to, but I couldn't yeah. bring myself to. Right, me too. I'm going to try it that. again tonight. Let, let's see if I can do it. Why would you want to watch that? I mean, it's to me, it's like they, they, even the producer is saying he was in horrible pain. First of all, I don't know. Hey, listen, when they tell me I'm dying. If I You're go out that way, doing Jeopardy. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing this. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm quitting everything. I am not going to go on and try to power through my final shows. I mean, God bless Alex Trebek. Somehow he, he wanted to do that. Oh my God. I am not watching it. I'm just not. I mean, the idea that he was in pain. And I don't even get that concept of like wanting to go out doing your show. With I mean, your boots <clears throat> on is what they call that. I even see clips of Rush Limbaugh now. That he's supposedly dying of cancer. Um, I don't know if that's true. I, I think either. that's fake news. <laughs> fake news because the guy seems like he's actually he looks better than he ever looked. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, Lost I mean, wait, he looks good. Yeah. But I'm telling you, he must love doing that show because if they said to me, you've got a couple of months to live, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll tell you what, I'm not sitting here with you folks. <laughs> no offense. I'm not going to sit here and, and die uh, entertaining you. Well, they didn't tell me what was going to happen to me. I never got a prognosis. Like, I just believed I was living. Yeah. No, you never thought you were dying. That's why you yeah. kept working. <laughs> She was delusional, and it worked. <laughs> Whatever your delusion was, it worked. Everyone right. was pulling me aside. Uh, you need to prepare yourself that Robin is no longer going to be here. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, really? It's that bad? Like, I couldn't even believe people were getting a hold of me. I talked to Robin. She's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I'm betting on Robin. And sure enough, here she is.
no. sitting here healthy. That's still here. You know, but I'm not going to sit here, spend my last days listening to, you know, Gary's audio book or how he <laughs> is organizing his record collection. I mean, what a waste of time. Gary should, I was thinking about him. He should live every day like it's his last day on earth. Would he really be organizing his record collection? <laughs> his vinyl? <laughs> Driving is me nuts. Is that what you want to leave yeah. behind? After I do this show, too, I always feel bad afterwards. Like afterwards, I was like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have been so harsh with Gary about organizing his record collection. But judging from the mail, everyone thought it was as funny as I did. 